On this edition of the Strongcast, I sit down with Nancy Conrad of the Conrad Challenge. Nancy's husband was world-renowned astronaut Pete Conrad, the third man to walk on the moon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to um, the Strongcast. I'm Armstrong Williams, your host. What happens when you bring together entrepreneurship and innovation, where it impacts nutrition, aviation, science, cyber? And what you're doing, you're preparing future generations to solve the issues of today, tomorrow, and those which are unforeseen. Uh, Nancy, who is the founder of this challenge, Conrad, don't feel we don't even understand the capacity of high school students and what they're capable of and what they're able to develop. And she created this extraordinary Conrad challenge and she joins us today in this strong cast as we continue our very critical discussion about STEM. Your husband was one of the third astronauts, uh, former astronaut, could land on the moon. Obviously, you both are scientists. You seem to know a lot about science and technology innovation. Well, I tell you what, you picked it up pretty well. <laughs> but I want to talk about putting together innovation and entrepreneurship, because I think that is where the future is. 100%. I obviously I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and no, I'm not a scientist. Actually, I'm a, in the humanities. I was an English teacher. And you know, I'm still a teacher. Teachers always teach. You know, spies always spy. Teachers always teach. Right. And so we created this to actually—it's um, pull education. You know, what we do in the classroom is push. We push facts. We push data. They take a test. They become absorbers of information. What we've done is pull. We pull out their passion, their ideas and an opportunity for young people to participate in designing the future. And what's happened, and we've been doing this many, many years, uh, the foundation formed in 2008. We actually had done about three competitions before the foundation formed. So we've got a lot of experience under our belt. And once you open that door for young people and invite them in to be part of the process, and to apply their own skills into solving global and local challenges, you open the entire corridor to the future, what it will look like, what solutions are there. Um, they get excited about learning. And really the product is a piece of the takeaway. The takeaway is these are kids that know how to think and they know how to learn because they've taken everything they know, they've applied it to creating something that doesn't exist to solve a real problem, challenge. I don't use the word problem. There are no problems. They're challenges. You can solve things. So they, they solve these challenges, and these are commercially viable products that can be deployed. The kids own them. What, what is it where the challenges are where we need this kind of innovation in aerospace? There's tons of things. I mean, we're looking at Mars missions, for example. What do we do about cosmic and solar radiation? What do we do on International Space Station when things float away and nobody can find them? Our kids came up with a solution to inventorying and finding tools on International Space Station. Um, one of our students out of South Korea created a new, let's call it a toilet, 
for use in space. Um, we don't have a box. We don't say make this and if you make it better, you win. In fact, we created a no-box toolbox so that kids could have the tools and resources to understand the process of innovation and entrepreneurship. It's, it's an organic framework. It is a map. You choose where you want to go. And it just kind of gives you the posts along the way that you need to know to be able to do that. And it's for teachers and for students. So bringing this kind of skill set to young people, particularly Gen Z, when you look at Gen Z, it's our first generation of digital natives, right? They live on the internet. Knowledge is a commodity. You can do this. So to give these kids that shot to be part of designing the future and to work together on a web-based platform, which is what we are, students start working together across countries, across cities, across states. Now you have education can start becoming diplomacy. Because these kids see the world the way the astronauts did. You know, there's 12 people that saw Earth from the lunar surface. And my late husband happened to be the third one. He commanded Apollo 12, which, P.S., we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of Apollo 12. And they all saw Earth as this fragile blue marble that was suspended in a black velvet sky. No borders, no boundaries, just everybody, this was home. And this is the way Gen Z sees the planet. They are very integrated into a mindset of inclusiveness and collaboration and cooperation. And all of these skills are packed into what we do. Leadership skills. Um, they have to learn how to communicate, to present, to be comfortable in their own skin. They pitch at Kennedy Space Center in front of <laughs> judges from academia, government, and industry. And the kids that get to the finals stand there and sell us their product idea. So it has to be commercially viable. It has to have a market plan. It has to have the ability to patent. So it has to be unique and solve a real uh, problem, whether it's in global environments or local environments. That's what yeah, they and do. The, 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 the amazing thing about it, it also builds self-worth. It builds their confidence, Absolutely. their self-esteem. Yep. It keeps them out of trouble. It keeps them focused. And they're continuing their own continued education as they try to figure out these complexities. Right. Where will the impact and, and, wh and what is the necessary impact in the area of cyber? You know, it, it's, cyber is one of our categories. We actually have, let me share with you, we have... Aerospace and aviation, cybersecurity and technology, health, um, energy and environment, smoke-free world, and ed tech. So our kids are working in all of those categories. And we're not looking for a product. We're looking for solutions. So they do whatever they want to do. We never know what's going to come in. And they don't know. And they don't know because they could start over yeah, here. Right. And, then, and end up over here. I'll give you a prime example. About 2010, we had a team of kids out of North Carolina, Raleigh, Durham. And they were working in energy. And they got to the finals. At that time, we were hosting our event at NASA Ames. We've always been at a NASA field center. And now we've got a permanent home at Kennedy Space Center for our finals. So these kids had taken piezoelectric paper. They had made wallpaper out of it. And they were going to wallpaper high noise environments to 
get the energy out of that to light up the lights in high energy environments, like train stations, for example. So they spent this summer together kind of reviewing, was that a go, no go, and they'd had an evaluation of their product idea. Long story short, many of them stuck together. They ended up creating a product called uh, Undercover Color. Oh. It's a nail polish that detects date rape drug. Really? <laughs> yeah, and it's gone to market. So what's important in oh. that story is the mindset of an innovator and an entrepreneur had been planted in 2010 in these kids. They went off and did something totally different, but they understood the process of being entrepreneurial and innovative. You know, I, I, I often uh, go back and read the story of George Washington Carver, mm -hmm. and it was over 300 innovations and the things that he discovered. He did it as a child born into slavery. He did it with little or no education. It was forbidden. And what you're saying to us is that this is something beyond the kids themselves. It's a gift that they have. It's a talent. Right. It's something that's in them. And what a professor realized in George Washington Carver early on, he recognized it just through the discussion, just through their artwork, just the fact of how he moved his hands and how his brain worked. And somebody was able to develop, develop that right. in that. And look at how he was recognized by Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yeah. He's the first American who happened to be black to ever have a national monument ever named after him in this country. Stunning. And, and, stunning. And you take where he... That's all of our kids. Yes. He's all of our kids. Right. All of our kids are Michael Dell tinkering with a computer. Right. Creating Dell. I, I'll tell you a quick story about my late husband. My husband was a tinkerer. And when he was a young boy, he built a radio set, a crystal set. And he built a little elevator to take his orange juice up the stairs to his room in the morning. You know, remember those uh, record really? sets? Yeah. To take his orange juice upstairs. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like uh, yeah. that. And then he was also a kid that was thrown out of school. He had a problem reading and spelling. They didn't know what dyslexia so, was, and they thought he was stupid, so they expelled him. And they didn't take the time to discover what his true purpose was. They had no idea. They had no idea. But, you know, they didn't have the tools and resources. Well, how do you find it? How do you get to it? So here's but, but before I even get there, because I'm so yeah. excited to have you on. <laughs> I, I, what was your impetus for all this? I know it, it's a tribute to your late husband, but it's just something that you realize through your husband, through your teaching, teaching and learning about students, you realize that there was something that's out there. There's something that there, and you wanted to help discover it. Right. So there's a couple pieces to this story. Okay. So so Pete ends up, and I'll go back to this because it, it'll tie Carver to the whole story. All right. Pete ends up expelled from this school. His mom takes him to a little school in upstate New York, Darrow School, known to deal with problem children. They still do. Fabulous school. He has to repeat the 11th grade. He's got to read Chaucer and Homer again, and everything else has to start all over. And he's learning how to fly about this time. The headmaster at this school sees something special in Pete, and he takes him under his wing. There's the magic. Takes him under his wing. Pete ends up with a scholarship to Princeton. He becomes an aeronautical engineer. He liked to fly, and he didn't have to read or spell. He then becomes a test pilot, four flights in space, pinpoint landing on the moon Apollo 12, rescued Skylab, our first space station, was awarded a Congressional Space Medal of Honor for rescuing the lab, then went on to work in 
the aerospace industry and toward the end of his life, he created the whole framework and foundation for the commercialization and privatization of space. So this is one piece. An educator takes a young man under his wing. The young man gets a moonshot. And when my husband was killed and I finally came up for air after that, I said, that's exactly what we're gonna do. We're gonna do pull education. We're gonna give kids their moonshot. We're gonna take them under our wing and make that happen for more kids than just Pete Conrad. There are other kids that have had that opportunity, but when you bring it together into a system and make that possible for young people all over the world, now you have something very transformative. And there's not just a Pete Conrad or a Michael Dell or a George Washington. There's tons of people that are diamonds in the rough that they don't even know what their abilities are. So you take a tinkerer, my husband ended up being part of the team that built the lunar landing module. He helped rescue Skylab. He built the next generation of, of rockets and spaceships. His idea was California to Italy in 45 minutes going in low Earth orbit. All these things are happening now. It's just stunning to see what happens when you take young people under your wing, you believe in them, and give them their moonshot. It, it, is it possible when you look at places like San Francisco and its homelessness and you look at crime and I was intrigued when you said a world without cigarettes. I, I, I can't even fathom it being <laughs> possible. But could the giants that take giants in places like Simon Valley, could they do more if that was their focus? Could they develop more? Uh, just how much can technology advance us and help us get to closer to resolving many of the humanitarian crises that we find in, in this country? Yeah, it, it can do some of it. Some of it? Some of it. Okay. What has to happen, in my opinion, is that we have to open the corridor for these kids to be participants in their education rather than complacent absorbers of data. When they're complacent absorbers, the opportunity for workforce development goes down. The opportunity for innovation and entrepreneurship goes down. They become too mechanized, too mechanical, too machine-like. They're not thinking. They don't know how to think. They don't know how to learn. They know how to absorb data. A machine can absorb data. So my passion really has been around student-centered, student-focused, learner-focused education where the kids are participants in their own learning. Otherwise, I, I think we're doing a very big disservice to these young people around the world, not just here in this country. What are these kids, when you think about the future? I mean, there are kids and, and parents who are watching and listening to the strong cast, and they said, God, maybe that's my kid. Yeah. Maybe Nancy Conrad is talking about my kid. How do the kids learn, get involved, and participate with the Conrad Challenge. Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> we live on the internet, which is where Gen Z lives. Um, it's conradchallenge.org. We launched our competition August 23rd, and it's a phased competition. It's funneled, so the kids come in, they form teams, two to five in a team. They get a coach, could be a parent, a teacher, an after-school person. They must have an adult, could be a university student. 
and they decide what category they want to work in, and they begin to put together their product idea. There's so many challenges out there. There is no shortage of things that need to be solved. So then they enter into the competition. It's funneled at the back end are subject matter experts and judges. And I'm really excited to share with you, we're just launching with Harvard. Um, Operation Impact is working in Harvard. They have fellows who are going to work with our students as navigators to help them through their processes of design and implementation and the whole innovative process. Super cool. And so the kids it down selects, and then the kids that get invited to the finals are invited to Kennedy Space Center where they pitch in real time. What happens there is the most extraordinary part of the whole thing. It, it becomes a global community of young innovators that come in from all over the world. We have an alumni organization, and they come and participate with the kids, and they do so over the year as well, where they reach out into the students, how can we help you, what do you need to know, you know, tools and resources to succeed through our competition. Um, so it's easy to get involved. Anybody can do it, as long as you're 13 to 18 and do it in a team. No, finally, um, I'm sure people listening to you, they know about your husband, an astronaut, but who is Nancy? Who is Nancy? Um, uh, I'm just a passionate teacher. I really want to see kids participate in their own education. I'm also a grandmother. So the, the planet I want to leave to my grandson and my granddaughter looks a bit different than it does now. Um, we've got a huge issue in climate change and I don't want us to be the frog in the pot. <laughs> so I'm doing everything I know to get solutions based and students understanding how to think and how to learn so that as they go into workforce, we have impact and we are creating a much better world for the next generation of young people. That's my passion. You know, I really want to thank you for breathing life into the ideas and the minds of these kids. Thank you. And make them realize what they're capable of. And you plant the seed, you develop the seed, then life will take it and water it. And they will grow. They will grow. Like the and best. they are growing. And they are growing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you sir. so much. What's that webpage address again? www.conradchallenge.org. www.conradchallenge.org. Right. Thank you for being a blessing. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of The Strongcast with our guest, Nancy Conrad.